to the podcast for North Decatur Presbyterian Church. We are a PCUSA congregation located in Decatur, Georgia. You can find out more about the church, our service to the community, and our great education programs for children like me and youth and adults at ndpc.org. You can also follow us on Facebook. If you're in the Atlanta area, we hope you'll come join us in person. Okay, that's it. On to this week's scripture and sermon. Friends, listen now for the word of the Lord. Our scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13, verses 24 through 37. But in those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be fallen from heaven and the powers in the heaven will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Humanity coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree lesson it's learned. As soon as its branches become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you will know that he is near, at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only God. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a person going on a journey. When they leave home and put their servants in charge, each with their own work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, again, keep awake. For you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midday or at dawn, or else he might find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So for those of you who do not know me, my name is Victoria Robinson. I am a second year Masters of Divinity student at Columbia Theological Seminary. And as part of my degree program at Columbia, I get the opportunity to serve in a church um, where I can really put what I'm learning in my classes to real life. (laughs) So even before I started um, studying at Columbia, I knew of North Decatur Presbyterian Church Uh, because my great-grandparents, Lois and Warren Rollins, were charter members here. So this church is a special place for me even before I walked in. Um, And I'm just really thankful to be part of this church that continues to focus on justice and talking about real issues um, and is creating a new thing with church. Um, So thank you for letting me learn and grow alongside of you, and thank you for letting me preach and share some insights this morning. So as I was reflecting on the text I just read and preparing the sermon for today, I had one of those earworms stuck in my head, and I could not get it out. (laughs) I was humming along to a song I sang last Advent season with the Columbia Seminary Choir. Now, this song is not found in our good old glory to God hymnal. No, no. But rather, it's it's an African-American spiritual that our choir director taught in a repeat-after-me style. It goes like this. Rise, shine, for the light is a-coming. 
Rise, shine, for the light is a coming. My Lord says he's coming by and by. This song truly gets at the key to Advent, for me at least, which is of hope. So often I heard the season of Advent preached only as a time of waiting and longing, which is true. Advent means coming or arrival. But this year I felt particularly weighed down by the pressures of, again, waiting and longing as the politics of regulating women's bodies feels particularly heavy on my heart. So while I could talk this morning about how difficult it is for us to wait on something when we have the instant gratification of a like on Facebook or a question answered instantly when we look, up, look, when we look it up on our phones, friends, we are not good at waiting. <laughs> So rather, I wanted to keep with our yearly theme of being and talk about the being of hope and the grit that's required in the hope. Jumping back to the spiritual I just read and shared, it's important to note that we learned this in a repeat after me or like call and response style. It's important because this is a key part of what makes the African-American spiritual, the spiritual. Learning something by ear and hearing it and repeating it to reinforce the words you're saying. Quoting from the Harvard Crimson, they say, spirituals date back to the days of American slavery, when slaves turned to their newly acquired religion, Christianity, for comfort. A musical and religious people, they incorporated their new source of hope and strength into their music in what we now call spirituals. The spirituals expressed the belief that one day they would be released from the chains of slavery and be allowed to live freely again. If not in this life, then the afterlife. The spiritual is not just a sorrow song, but it also contains an irrepressible sense of triumph and of hope. So too, our longing and waiting in this season of Advent, we are filled with a sense, hopefully, of triumph and hope. Because we are indeed waiting always waiting, waiting on Christmas, waiting for the child to be born, waiting for this second coming. But hopefully we can do this in hope. Those who first sang the songs of the words of the spiritual were shackled by the chains of their oppressors and yet looked with hope to a new day, to indeed a brighter day, when the darkness of their inhumane treatment would give way to the light of freedom. Indeed, our response to their oppression Indeed, in response to their oppression, they sang these words in faith and hope. And in this age when we too encounter personal and communal challenges that may test us to our breaking points, we should not curse the darkness, but rather always seek the light. This is the meaning of Advent. Connecting the words of the spiritual, my Lord says he's coming by and by to the beginning of our scripture passage this morning, we are reminded that we will see the son of humanity coming in clouds with great power and great glory. Whew. The God depicted here is not a peaceful God, but one of power. So what we do in response to this coming should be no less bold. At first, we may, we may think we want to welcome this mighty God to respond to our needs and communal challenges. But we also, we also believe in the divine being who is compassion and vulnerable. So how do we manage this divine and powerful being who we also know is unity 
and peace? Can God be both all-powerful and also vulnerable? Can God be both compassion and accountability? Can God be love and righteousness, as James Cone suggests? I think, yeah. For we cannot box God into just one being. For our understanding of God is so limited. Said in another way, if we are not prepared for God's presence in our, in our prayers for the creator's presence in our lives, the appearance of the divine can be unsettling in our lives. So why does Advent matter this year? Well, as David and I were planning our Advent, planning for Advent last month, we both expressed that we wanted to keep with the being theme because truly embedded in the practice of waiting is the discipline of letting. In our waiting and in our hoping, we must let it be. So in a way to practice this letting things be, I want to do something a little out there this morning. You might have noticed some crayons and stuff in the inner pews. I heard them kind of twinkling around. <laughs> I'm actually going to invite us to color a little bit this morning. Um, and this is found in your Advent devotional, if you've already picked this up, from a sanctified art. I was really drawn to the words of the artist Lauren Wright Pittman in the images, or in that image. Um, she wrote a beautiful reflection, and I just wanted to share it with you all this morning. Um, so we're going to do a little bit of visio, lectio, coloringo divina as I read the artist's reflection as you sit and listen, or you can sit and listen. The coloring, you know, the actual painting that Lauren did is up on the screen, but don't feel like you have to color it exactly like the artist did. I want you to let it be. Use the, use the random crayons and stuff I found to make something beautiful. If you are joining us via live stream, I invite you to get your Advent devotional or another coloring page. Gather your markers at this time. Now, I recognize that when I said coloring, some of us got a little cringy. Maybe that makes us a little uncomfortable. That's okay. It's okay. You don't have to do this. But I just wanted to try a new thing with you all. When I finish reading, I'm going to read from the words from Lauren. And when I finish reading, I'll leave a small pause for final reflections. And then we'll invite your attention back with a final charge. So let's settle in from a word from the artist, Lauren Wright Pittman. She says, the first time I read this text, my senses were flooded. My mind was overtaken by flashes of saturated imagery, of the darkened sun and moon, of stars barreling towards the ground, of clouds swirling with glorious light, of people floating on winds. My body felt the wavering instability of the heavens. I could smell and taste the wisdom of the fig. And as I neared verse 32, I felt a sharp coldness of uncertainty scale my back. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the sun, but only of God. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. She goes on to say, I heard the ticking of clocks grow louder and felt anxiety crawl in my stomach. This text gives me a familiar feeling. It's the feeling of being out of control, 
a feeling of the looming, almost mocking, unknown. Recently, I had a very sudden and excruciating death happen in my family. She says it comes out of nowhere, and I don't understand it. I am shattered. It feels as though the whole earth is shaking and everything that offered me comfort is losing its light and is crashing to the ground. This tragedy, as well as this text, remind me that my understanding of God and the world around me is so minuscule. What am I supposed to do with this tragedy? What am I supposed to do with this confusing text? Are we to anxiously wait around for the sun of humanity to come in clouds with great power and glory? Are we to sit as though we are in a waiting room with ticking clocks, on the edge of our seats, waiting for the alarm to sound? Are we to be immobilized by mystery? Waiting isn't going to cut it. I need to do something, and I desperately need light to break in. In times of confusion, especially in scriptural texts, I try and find an anchor to hold on to. And oftentimes that anchor is indeed repetition. Repeatedly in various ways, the text says, keep alert, keep awake, beware. All I know to do is keep awake, to keep pointing to the miraculous signs of God's love and light breaking into the world to look, to bring more of that light in and break down those things that seek to block the light until light swallows up the darkness. Friends, today is the first day of Advent. It is indeed a season of hope. So rise and shine and know that our Lord is coming. Stay alert, keep awake, lift your heads, look to the horizon. Look for the Lord who is certainly coming now and forevermore. Amen. Mm -hmm.